Welcome everyone to Studio Insights with Bell Vista Studios. I'm Kim, we got Hannah and Victoria, we're the team. This is an opportunity where we uh, chat about things that we appreciate in our team members or something we wanna learn from, well basically to learn that we appreciate that they do something well and we wanna learn it from ourselves. So we ask questions and welcome to that conversation. So Hannah, do you wanna go first? Do you have a question? I sure do. So my question's for Victoria. And I would like to know, because Victoria is a legend at developing Articulate Rise modules. And it's something that I haven't done in a very long time. And I have a task coming up where I need to develop a module. So I was wondering from you, Victoria, because the last module you created that I QA'd, I was like, this is on point. Like you did so well and I hardly picked up on anything. And I'm just wondering what tips you have for developing efficiently in that program so I can do what you did <laughs> for my task. Um, well, I would say, I think part of it is practice, I would say. <laughs> like the first project I would have handed over to Kim, I don't think she would have felt that way <laughs> about one at all. Um, Sorry, you're So yeah, I think out. it is like, um, picking, like no, you get the... <laughs> um, like with anything you do more hopefully you get better and better the more you do it um, but I guess generally speaking for people who might be starting out or it is like something planning is a big part of it like I yeah. always want to make sure whatever storyboard or whatever I'm developing like that needs to be clear first like that does play a big part of what you end up developing because um, you kind of need to be able to see like the big picture of doing before you get into the nitty-gritty of actually developing it yeah. um, you don't want to make a whole screen and then realize there's an extra button or something that has to be on there so making sure that you have like a solid plan first as base um, I guess there is always a bit of experimenting as well um, so I, like giving yourself the time to do that because storyboards you don't what you think might work won't always work basically yeah. um, and you don't want to get caught up trying to make something work when it's not actually going to be possible but giving yourself the time to like check that so don't go I guess uh, what am I trying to say if you're developing, developing a screen it might be something a bit different what you've usually done like it's not a simple text on image or text and image screen or something like that um, don't go like too hard out with the details initially, like try and map out the screen a bit first, make sure everything's going to fit that you need like on there. Um, and then you can go back afterwards once you know it is going to work and then you can add in the detail because you don't want to waste time on like little parts of it that you might end up having to get rid of. Um, so I guess that is part of doing it efficiently. Um, and when you do decide on a button or something, like check it thoroughly first before you use it across multiple screens. Anything that's going to be like a repeat object or um, like whether it's text boxes or headings or buttons or anything like that, like get it perfect before you apply it to the rest of the design. Um, and try to avoid like making changes down the track because then you're going to have to mm. obviously go back through and like it creates a lot of rework. Um, so I guess it just pays to put the time in initially to experiment, play around with things and get them how you want them working first. Don't feel the need to like rush into the whole mm. project. What's your 
plan, I guess. Okay. So storyboard and you're talking mm -hmm. about planning. So before you get into the tool, do you have a process between those two things? Like you've received an approved storyboard and then it's like, you're talking about the planning, but before you even get into the tool, do you do anything there? Um, well, I guess like now I'm trying to, I haven't done any projects since I've started my new planning process, but we did mention in one of the previous conversations that planning process template. So I do want to start using that to avoid missing things. Um, but previously, I guess it's getting an idea beforehand of like what you want the module to look like. Like it all comes down to the look and feel and the, and the storyboard and what the client wants and what like making sure you've got all their assets, all their colors, their text, like all of that. So to me, that comes into the planning because I don't necessarily have all of that when I get the storyboard. Like there might be, I might get a copy of the storyboard and then there's links to other, mm. um, I don't know if assets is the right word, but mm. you might mention like we have the star guide or we have this or we have that. So part of my planning is like, I want to review that myself first before I get into, a, into development mm. um, to get an idea of, that kind of thing before I'm actually like putting things on the page. And what about even like, um, if you think about like a screen and a storyboard or like mm -hmm. content in a storyboard, how do you decide like this, what, how a sentence or a paragraph or how are you going to treat that specific content mm. to plan for like putting it into rise or putting it into storyline as an example? I don't know if I'm being very good at explaining it because to me it is like an internal, like I don't write it down. It's just like an internal thought process I have mm. and having experience with the tool already. Mm. Like I can kind of imagine what will or won't work. A lot of the time I still need to try it anyway, but there are usually some things I can say, like I already know that's not going to work or that's not going to be the best way of displaying that. Mm. Um, but before that it would just be practicing. Like if you, think of an idea try it don't spend ages on it but like if you want to use a certain block or you want to use a certain design like just really roughly do it first mm -hmm. um and then you'll eventually you'll get to a point where you can like do that process in your head and like mm -hmm. cancel those options out and then actually try and apply something um does that <laughs> i don't know if that helps yeah i think <laughs> Well, yeah, because you do it so naturally now that's I'm trying mm. to figure out what your process is. Like, how do you decide that's going to be a click and reveal or a drag and drop? Is that already determined maybe in the storyboard for you? So, you Yeah, well, I guess uh, a lot of the time if we do have a like completed storyboard where it's whether they've used our template or actually like drawn out a screen design, mm. that's always the best starting point, I would say. Um, but if the storyboard is more like just the content and they're happy for us to develop it however we want, thinking about in your head, like how can I show that in the simplest way? And usually you will get a few ideas that pop up initially. Like if there's just a simple paragraph of text, it might be like, well, that will just be text and image. Like there's not, mm. there isn't always a way to like elevate that, but then say if they've got like three definitions listed or something, I might think, oh, well, like, you're not going to want to look at them all at the same time or they might already know two of them, so they maybe click and reveal work for that. Um, so, yeah, I guess just trying to think, like, how 
I or maybe other people similar to me would like receive that best mm-hmm. and then playing around with it that way. And it could even be like you draw it yourself if they haven't, if they've just given you the content, like just draw a little rectangle for your slide and just imagine in your head, there's a sentence at the top, there's three buttons on the side mm. and this little screen's going to pop up on the right hand side just to like roughly get an idea of, is there going to be too much like crap all over screen or does it need to be multiple screens? Like you can get an idea of it that way as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. Love it. <laughs> oh, so, good. so what I got from that, I'm just going to so practice is useful. So it helps you get to know the tool and the more you practice, the better you get at using it. Um, planning is important before you get into it. It's important that you see the big picture um, before you add the detail, make sure that everything fits on a screen. So just do like a rough screen first, then add the details. If there's an object that's repeated throughout the course, make it perfect first before replicating it so you don't have to go back and edit multiple things. Um, you need to consider whether you have the assets, the colours, the look and feel and the style guide elements before you get into developing and get that. Um, think about how people would receive it best and something you can do is draw the slide as like a rough scribble on paper just to see if it works before spending the time developing. Yeah. Great. The only other thing I would actually add from that is mm-hmm. with getting the client's assets together, um, some, like you say, if I'm developing a title slide and I know I want some kind of shape to come on with the text on it for the heading, yeah. um, if the client, like, because their style guides are always different and they might not always specify, like, we use these shapes or mm-hmm. um, they might have, like, a specific, I don't know, like a weird rectangle or something <laughs> that they use in everything but if they don't have that I might even just like look on their website and see what kind of shapes or headings they've used on there and that can give me inspiration as well and for general slides too like they might have a white background with text and then like an image in a circle or something like that and to me that's like well that could be a text and image screen as well so just looking for inspiration in their content whether it's like looking on the website yourself or even if they've given like PDF documents that might have a little design or something. Like you don't always have to replicate it exactly unless that's in their marketing requirements or whatever. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it is not like just like little touches that they don't say you have to use, but they can give you ideas still. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Love that. That's really good. Thanks, Vic. I'll put a link below as well to the e-learning style guide from the creator hub. Mm. I think that could be useful for people to, if they don't have something, a template like that already that they can use for development. Yeah. Can you tell people what they might find in there, why it would be useful for them, the e-learning style guide? Do you want to explain it, Vic? Cause you probably use it. More. Uh, yeah. Um, so we, it basically goes through each element of design that you might want to consider in terms of, um, being able to meet like the client's specific style guide as well. Um, So usually we use that as a base when we do our own style guide um, to get like, I think the first one is the font. So going through what type of font do they use for the headings, for the body text, instruction text, what colors, is it um, italicized, is it bold, Um, all of that. And then things like dot points, is there a special alignment that they require? Or that even just that we want to stick to, like if they don't specify it, we figure it out ourselves in the development and just make sure we record it in there so that we always have that to check back on, whether it's during our QA with their feedback or like for future modules that we're developing, we have a 
base basically to mm. um, check things against. Um, it talks about Im like images if they want real life photography or illustrations. Um, if they've given us images themselves, like we want to reference that in there as well, so we know. Um, what else is there? There is a section for miscellaneous and that's got things like the publishing settings and mm. how they mm. basically want it to function. So um, things like the screens reset to initial state. Um, how do the completion settings work? Like do they, is it passed or failed or whatever those types of things are. Yeah. Um, and in there you can add additional stuff as well. Like do they want English, uh, British English or American English? Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing just basically all the things you want to consider and it's just like the bible basically for the yeah project um i feel like there's another section in there as well but i can't think of it at the moment Did no, you I think images? there's like images too i think did you say that mm -hmm. types of images yeah okay i think it's really good as well like because when we're qaing and then it always comes up and you're like oh like just say there's a Z for recognize and we use UK, British, English mm -hmm. and there's an S and it's inconsistent. And then you're like, oh, which one should it be? So if we go to the style guide, that QA process is just allows us to not have to follow up and check in with the person like it's being created for us mm -hmm. so that we're QAing against that. So I think from that quality perspective, it's a really useful document when working mm -hmm. as a team. And also yeah. when you're doing future modules, like you're not having to interpret the client's brand again or what did we do last time you have that standard so you're just developing to that standard again which is mm. nice to be able to keep their consistency throughout the suite of e-learning mm. yeah cool awesome thanks Vic what's your um, question Vic well my question is for Hannah kind of a similar question but it's about a different program mm -hmm. <laughs> um but adobe well i guess any adobe programs in general specifically mm -hmm. though we use well i've been using premiere pro or trying to um, <laughs> but you're i feel like you're quite confident in it even if it's might be something new that you have to do within it like a new tool or something or i don't know something different you're trying to achieve within the program mm -hmm. um and that to me, if I get like the other day, I got given a task to edit these videos and we wanted to freeze some of the frames and add shapes and that kind of thing. And to me, I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do any of that <laughs> or where to start. Or I think it was going to be really hard because my skills in that are like very, very basic. Um, whereas you approached it like, I love this. I don't know how to do it, but like I'm excited to mm. figure it out. And you had it like, I feel like you got it done really quickly and just picked it up easily. So I guess tools in general, but maybe Adobe specific, if that's useful to people, like how do you, <laughs> how do you get the confidence to do that? Like, is it from knowing that you can find the answer somewhere or like, what's your process for um, learning the new things and not being afraid, I guess, to mm. figure it out? Um, I think similar to what you said with Articulate Rise, I think practice definitely has an impact. So because I've been using the Adobe products for quite some time, like probably three years now. And I don't use them all the time, but I think just like 
over time I've started to learn new things and build confidence. So I definitely didn't always have it. Like it was quite daunting when I first started using it because it, it does seem to be like a lot of toolbars and stuff going on. Like it wasn't really easy to pick up, but I guess what I did is I got to know the basics. So I watched a few tutorials just to learn like the really basic tools that are like most commonly used. Um, so like for Adobe Premiere, it's a snip, like the razor cut tool where you cut things in um, half or whatever, like snip up the different, trim the different clips. Um, also like understanding the different layers. So there's like audio one, audio two, audio three, and then like understanding that you can like mute one section of audio and the other audio can play. So I think my advice would be just to learn those like simple, like the generic things, whether you need to watch a tutorial and there's so many tutorials online that show you like the simple things. Um, Where do you go for them, Hannah? Is like YouTube, YouTube. your go-to? Yeah, yeah, YouTube. So I just go like Adobe Premiere tutorial, like, general or like basic information and I know Adobe Max had a session on Premiere as well for like working efficiently in Adobe Premiere so I'll put that in the resources and that might be something that you want to watch a bit because it talks about uh, the different like shortcuts and the tools that you'll use most often and how you can like work more efficiently and quickly in the program um, so that was really useful so I think learning the shortcuts learning the basics um, what else? I think it really is like, it is also like the confidence that everything is online. Like YouTube has tutorials on pretty much everything. So the task that you gave me, I thought so many people would need to do what I was doing. So there'll definitely be something out there. Um, and yeah, it ended up being easy. So I think once you like watch a tutorial, you practice a little bit, like it is definitely is possible. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably like I know your program's quite slow sometimes but mine's quick so I feel like going through the tutorial and testing like you may have not had that opportunity to play around as much if it crashes and all that so I think you'll definitely get there it's just practice over time yeah um, what else I think that's it really practice shortcuts tutorials and getting to know the real basic things like the general things that you're going to use most often. Yeah, that, that is good because I think I do know some of the basics, but I guess I've probably like picked those up on my own and they might not even be the best way of doing things. Mm. So I think short, like looking at shortcuts yeah. is a good idea. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I reckon you check out that Adobe Max video. It could be something you do for your learning time mm. if you're interested because it was really good and helped me yeah. right, quicker ways to do things yeah well, good thanks i think that's like they're good things like when you say you get tutorials on youtube um mm -hmm. and the language that you've used there is kind of what you should sh uh search in the youtube thing and it's like mm -hmm. a premiere pro shortcuts or mm. top tips for premiere pro um and top oh sorry Premiere Pro basic tips or something like that, those three searches will allow you to kind of find those common things that are repeatable probably for every project. Um, I think that's a good starting point for people. Yeah, definitely. Something I just thought of something else before we move on. Um, as you're saying that, Kim, there was another session on, it was on Illustrator, but you could do it for basically any of the Adobe products. But 
Um, they were saying that it's really good to organize your workflow. So that's like the toolbar that you have on the side. Do you know how there's lots of different things on the toolbar? And sometimes you're like, I don't even know what half of those things do. Or I never mm. even use that mm. tool. They were saying to just like only keep the ones that you actually use. So it's less overwhelming and you can like find it easier. And the ones that you never use will just go into like, you just need to go into another window to find it. But they were saying it's just like much more effective when you just have the most common things that you need in your toolbar. It's just like an organized way to use the program. Mm, I like that. Hmm. Good question. Satisfied? Yep. Tick of approval. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, so my question is for both of you. And I guess in the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about our process for learning um, and things like that. And one of the things that I think we discussed around being important in learning is that opportunity to reflect and adjust and pivot to make improvements. So I want to give you the time now to just reflect on anything that you've been learning. You don't even have to share the specific thing that you've been learning, but the something that you've been working and experimenting with now in the last week or two through your own learning, what is your reflection on your experimentation and what do you want to do differently to improve it so that you have a change in behavior for the next time you do it? I'll do the elevator Sorry. music. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Oh yeah. oh yeah, go on. Now they're like, I think I got the answer. I think I did talk about this last week anyway, but it was to do with our like planning our projects and using that template that we discussed. I think two weeks ago now and last week I kind of touched on how it was going. Um, <laughs> but it does make such a difference but the thing I need to improve is like actually doing it for every project because I've already I know I've already like skipped it for some things that I shouldn't have so I think for me it's like take the time for every project not just the ones where we talk about planning it like do it on my take the initiative myself to do it mm. for everything I work on because it does make a difference to everything like I love having a really detailed checklist basically to work from mm. and make sure I don't miss anything so my reflection is that it works and my improvement is do it. You're doing it for in the last couple of ones, but now it's, you're saying do it for everything. So that's your yeah. next iteration. So that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Hannah. Uh, I think mine, mine was about planning as well. Cause that's been my main <laughs> focus. Like, <laughs> I want to get that right before I try and get anything else into my head or my brain. Um, so I think what I noticed is, so I adjusted the planning template that I used because I realized like some things are missing that I knew would be valuable. So I did like a start and end time because for me, I know when I get like, when my head gets really into a task and if I have to stop in the middle of a task to go and do something and come back, I sometimes don't know how long I've spent on something. And I think it's important for us to know how long tasks actually take because we like, we have to actually record our hours. I guess if you're like a freelancer and you need to like stick within your hours to ensure that you make profit, it's like a good habit to get into when you started and when you finished and whether you met the 
um, hours that you were supposed to, or the time that you were supposed to meet. Um, what else? My reflection is that it definitely is working. It's taking like more brain power, <laughs> to be honest. Like it's, I'm having to think like very deeply about every single thing. So I feel like I'm hoping like the results that I'm putting out are improved. And I think we'll see that maybe over time. I hope so. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely like I'm like hardcore concentrating in the zone for every single task because there's so many things to consider. And I think before I just thought like all you're doing is this one task, but really it's like 10 tasks within one task. Mm. So it's just considering all those separate individual things. Um, I think it's definitely been working. Like it has been working for me, but I think I need to see or get feedback from the results that I'm getting. So I don't think there's been enough tasks where you've been able to see Kim, whether what I'm producing has improved. So I think that will be useful for me to know whether it's working for me. Um, what else? Oh, then the other thing was I was, cause I was doing planning for every single task. Cause we spoke about like every single task, but I think I'm planning for some tasks that there's already a process recorded somewhere else. So we're talking about like the videos that we publish. I was like planning for that, but we already have a process, but I think, I think the template has been good because even though we have a process, I'm still using that process, but like pulling it apart. Mm. and like recording my thought process as I go along so I can make sure that I have actually covered it. Which is probably a next iteration for what you said, Vic, in terms of mm. applying it to every task. You don't need to apply it to the ones where there's already a process. Yeah. We know. yeah. yeah. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would, that would be it for me, I think. It is good. I ho I'm hoping it is improving what I'm putting out there. Um, and then a follow-on from that is, do you, well, you do reflective practice and I wanted to purposefully put it in here just to help other people see the benefit of it. But any tips on what that, what reflection and improvement looks like for you? So like right now we've created the space to reflect and talk about an improvement and then put it into place. But it sounded like from your own examples that you had done some sort of reflective practice throughout. So what does that look like when you're actually working? Just to give tips to other people that are trying to build those skills of reflective practice to continuously improve as throughout the process, as opposed to getting to the end. I think for me, like it's not always an intentional reflection. It just, is like a side mm. effect, I guess, of me not like me being confident in the task I've achieved. Um, just thinking of something Hannah and I worked on yesterday, we did a process for it together. Mm. And then er like every step when we we're actually completing the task, we were checking back in with the process. Mm. So like when I'd finished it, I was confident that we'd done what we needed to do. Mm. And that in itself to me was like, oh, well, like we've done a good job. We did what we set out to do and we know that what we set out to do was going to achieve the goal we wanted so I didn't sit there and think like oh this process really worked it's just like I know I've finished this task this task how I needed to 
Mm. And I feel good about that. And so now looking at it, looking back at it, I'm like, that was because of the process. So the process is working. Mm. That's really good. If that makes sense. Yep. I don't know if Hannah thinks about it differently, but no, that's a good example. Actually, I agree with you. Like that task we did together yesterday, I did feel like we did a good job. Like I felt satisfied mm. at the end of it because yeah. we did like we planned it out and knew exactly what we had to do, and we're doing like double checks with each other while we're working. So I felt confident that what we had done was right. And I think that is a really good example because if we hadn't have planned that task. I feel like it wouldn't have worked because it was quite yeah. complex, all the different things we had to think of and consider to make each change. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that was a really good example. So I guess it is just like looking back on how a task has gone and whether like you are able to meet the goal. Mm. Um, the opposite of that would be like you do something and you've made like a big mistake and you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> just reflecting yeah. on like what went missing and what happened to cause that to take place. Yeah. 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 And I guess even if you haven't made a big mistake, if you finish a task and you're, which has happened to me before I finish it and then I'm like, Oh shit, did I remember this? Did I remember this? Mm. I feel like I've forgotten something, but like, I don't know. Yeah. And in the end there might be nothing wrong with it, but it's still like, if I had have planned properly, I wouldn't have to think like that mm. because I know I've like done what I needed to do. Mm. Yeah, you're not It like just takes out like the guessing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going home from work and thinking about it in bed at night being like, did I actually do that? I'm not sure. Yeah. Rest and, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Sleepless nights. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Nothing else from me. Any others? Nope. Cool. <laughs> this has been another episode of Studio Insights with Bell Vista Studios. Thanks for watching. We hope it's added value to your life. Please share it with anyone or any of the other episodes that you think add value and might make someone's life be better if they watch it and have an awesome day. <laughs>